Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bow down, bow, bow, bow down. Talk shoe. Recorded live. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the BSR podcast. I am here, uh, host Banks. Uh, and uh, we are here once again to bring you some uh, insight into the beloved league that is 6.0. Today I am joined by uh, the one, the only, the man who gave us our beautiful introduction noises and musical melodies, uh, Soup. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hey, Banks, fresh off a nap, ready to talk some Sin League. 20s, that intro was for you. I know you were a little disappointed that talk show got rid of that intro. So I went ahead and threw it in there for you, buddy. And we are uh, now with a regular on this podcast, uh, a th- uh, the third arm to our, or the third boob to our breasts. Uh, Dirt, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you can just call me the, the draft guru guy. That's why I'm on y'all's podcast. Thanks for having me. Ready to talk some basketball. Yeah, man. We, uh, we are into a brand new season. Well, pretty much uh, got a good lay of the land thus far. Some good data banked. Um, you know, we're in the middle of uh, trade season now that day 60 has uh, passed uh, and come and gone. So I, I think that might be a good place for us to just dive in at the start here of the league and discuss some of the trades that have gone down. Um, obviously, uh, a big topic of conversation was a deal that I was involved in. So let's just uh, attack that one first here. And I'll leave it to uh, Soup, my co-host here, to put the first uh, insights and thoughts on it. Yeah, so I guess the trade you are talking about is the trade that you did with Kings and Irish, which in my opinion is maybe one of the worst trades I've ever seen in my life that I've actually gone through. Um, you took advantage of a poor GM with, uh, <laughs> I don't know with, so he was low. He's definitely low on confidence right now. And with all the things going on in his life, and Snowmageddon last week and this week in Texas, you definitely reached out to him and took advantage of him. Uh, yeah, even according to Iris, she was in shout saying, you know what, I was just minding my own business. Um, you know, without power, without water, trying to survive. And in comes Banks was like, hey, man, I got this opportunity for you. And I, I could even throw in some electricity your way if you accept this trade. So. I don't know, hot and on paper. Uh, it's maybe not the worst trade. I might be a bit embellishing a little bit. Not veto-worthy, in my opinion, but very, very deal lopsided. He sent you some players that were uh, not expiring on big contracts and in the process uh, threw, threw you uh, an extra draft pick in the swap, and then you turn around and you were able to <laughs> – 
somehow managed not to buy those guys out and flip it to an equally dumb GM and, <laughs> and chap who traded an all-star shooting guard for to you for uh, moving back, moving moving back six spots in a lot of, uh, in a in a draft. Uh, I happen to be in chat with you while, while, while this trade talk is going on, and I hear you throw out this offer, and I'm like, there's no way in hell this guy's going to accept this trade offer just just to move back six spots, uh, uh, to move up six spots in a draft. And the, I, just the, the second you said 1.8, I don't think he heard anything else in the trade offer. I now I just thought he was he was enamored with getting a top ten pick, not even listening to what the rest of the uh, the trade offer was. So I mean, props to you. Uh, you had probably one of the best trade days I've ever seen in my life in TM uh, Sim League history. But uh, yeah, those GMs they got to step up if that's the guy if that's what they're going to bring to the league because uh, they they potentially gave you the championship this year and uh, maybe the, the first dynasty in Sim League. Uh, dirt. That was wow. It's a lot to take in there. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you uh, chime in here on I guess the series of moves there and in your thoughts you could pick it up wherever you'd like. Yeah, I think Soup spoke pretty um, in depth about those trades and uh, I don't know how you got a two-time All Star shooting guard that has more rebounds than most centers. For moving up from 1.16 to 1.8, and saving you Scrouse bucks. Not even that bad. Like said, it was 114 to 18. Yeah, 114 to 1.8. And like I said, like if you would own it, I think I'd appreciate it a little more. That, and I kind of said this earlier. It's like you still a pair of Jordans, and I try to tell you I really like the Jordans. How, what was the cost for it? Why can't you just say you stole them? I mean, it's cool, but. You don't, you know, you you don't have to lie to us. So own it and move forward. I give you props on it, even though I thought both GMs did a terrible job on it. Um, but we'll move along to maybe in a couple other trades that came through uh, in day sixty. You know, I got boots. Well. Yeah, I will say this before you before you hop into the bootsy thing. I think Soup was uh, in the chat and. Um, you know, Chap got the blessings from another GM in there as the trade talks were going down. So uh, BK seemed to be a big uh, fan of of the deal from Chap's perspective. Um, you know, did you, as you heard the deal unfolding, I know you said that you weren't thinking that it would it would go down, but um, you know, were you surprised that BK was actually? very pro uh that second deal there soup yeah i'm absolutely i was i mean the, the moment the trade was done and you jump off off the call bk's like oh man soup can you believe chap just trade raped banks and i'm just in awe i'm like i can't believe you took your best friend in this league and you like hand delivered him to a pedophile and just let him go to town on him i was like that's what you just did and especially two days after you were in a chat where I offered Aaron Kraft a first-round pick and $50,000 for that same player. And together you guys decided that that wasn't enough. But then to turn around two days later and, and accept this deal, I mean, that's malpractice, brother. 
Yeah, um, I was pretty surprised about. Uh, I, I mean, I wasn't surprised how the deal unfolded. Once I threw one eight out there, like you said, that's all he heard. That's all he wanted to hear. And at that point, then it was just about you know putting in the final details around the deal. I think there was a first round, another first round pick that was actually going to go to him, which I ended up negotiating into a second round pick um, with help of BK because BK uh, was very adamant that early second rounders may be of more, of more value than late first rounders. So it was an interesting conversation that I was able to, um, you know, uh, hop on and and take advantage of um you know and as far as the irish thing like i do apologize for irish if he thinks i was taking advantage of him i know that's a little bit of a storyline that's was unfolding in chat and shout um that's not my uh like i didn't go in there trying to screw him over after the deal was posted like i i was trying to give my thoughts on how i structured and offered the deal to him and the way i was looking at it and in hindsight, yes, I got the better of the deal. That's obvious. That's clear. But I didn't take advantage of the dude. And and I hope he understands that. He said that, you know, hey, he, he had some things to say about me taking advantage of him and grooming him and all kinds of crazy shit. But that wasn't that wasn't the case. So, um, you know, again, it was the deal in my favor. Absolutely. Um, you know, but it is what it is. Dirt, I, I know you wanted to chime in here. So go ahead. Before we move on, we should probably talk about BK's defense. And he, him and Chap, did this deal with Banks because they sincerely believe that they will not, he will not re sign them. Even so, that we made a bet that, you know, a 10K bet that if Banks, you know, gets them back next season, I get 10K. And so it, their entire defense was why not get them for something when there's just no way. He's going to re-sign them. So before we moved on, I just wanted to tell the people listening what, what BK's defense was, right or wrong. That That's what they were trying to say is why he was only worth 0.6 spots in a draft. But That's correct. He, he uh, BK is a team nobody is going to re-sign with their original rosters. And so, um, you know, that he, he essentially gave the co-sign to the deal because of that. And I know, Soup, you were, uh, you know, were a part of those conversations, if you wanted to hop back in here. Yeah, I just want to add on to what Dirt was saying. You know, we had those conversations, and I was curious today, uh, and I do have the software, so I jumped in. And I kind of ran some tests. You know, we didn't have any luck with re-signings, really, when you look at the first season with one-year birds. I mean, there was a couple of insignificant re-signings with San Antonio, but that was all we got. So I wanted to kind of run through a couple of times, see what would happen with uh, two-year birds on a, on a team with all the, with, when they're expiring. And I ran a few sims, and I was getting uh, way more re-signings. Uh, you had guys uh, signing multiple deals multiple year deals and even had a few guys signing maxes. And I mean, I ran this thing probably three or four times and I was getting the same thing every time. So, I mean, even though we might not get any resignings, it is possible. And due to the test I was doing today, it looks like it's going to be a lot more likely than it was in the, in the, in the first uh, season. Yeah. Dirt, go ahead. You're on mute, brother. Uh, just, wanted to clarify before we moved on with uh real quick just to clarify for the people listening was that after you did a creation second year or was that just a random season this was a, just the middle of a random season that i had uh it was 
there's just the like I guess the default file maybe from uh, the fast break basketball, and I just went off that season. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it will be interesting. I think um, Eric has mentioned that it, he's in that land of unknown. He really doesn't know, you know, how many seasons the players not really resigning will go. Um, so it was interesting to see how, um, you know, just to get soups, a little bit of data from soup there when we heard about it, it was a little bit encouraging for those who currently have maybe superstars that, uh, it might be a little, maybe we'll have more signings than what we did with the Spurs. Uh, and, and maybe there is a little bit hope of, of teams coming back. Let's, uh, let's move on to another, um, you know, uh, trade that went down in the discord that seems to be the most uh, hopping and popping place here recently um and a deal that uh, once again soup was uh in the mix for but ultimately uh went in a different direction and i'll let dirt touch on it first um bootsy uh he seems to be going going and going he can't settle in on a franchise uh your thoughts on the trade of bootsy uh headed to the bucks yeah, it was. I've had a deal with um, BK since Sim Two, maybe through Discord, and he's like, "Well, I'm not gonna say yes, but you're the best offer, so we'll just wait and see on uh, day 60." So he's been shopping him around, and I gave him my best offer of 1.17 and uh, plus 20 upgrades. So uh, I've been struggling this season. Greek in was a little more uh, difficult to replace than I thought, so I wanted to bring Bootsy in. Just to have my another third, you know, wing that could play twenty something minutes a game. And trophy got in and was like, uh, last night kind of tipsy and just out of a joke and didn't think he would do it. I said, uh, you take Bootsy for a Greek in. And he was kinda uh, maybe. I mean, I kinda wanted him, but I wasn't gonna trade with BK. So after soup uh shooting some offers out for a first rounder and some cash and upgrades, I was bringing out Bootsy in cash and upgrades and trying to not let Soup get them as much as I've been I wanted them. I even offered Trophy like 30K not to trade them to me or Soup. <laughs> but, yeah, those uh, th those trade talks were pretty funny as they were going back and forth and Soup trying to get his offer off as you were <laughs> as you were essentially blocking him from even getting his his voice heard in the in the Discord. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was, uh, stuff happens in the Discord, man, but, yeah, I, I just know in the West, there's way too many uh, elite bigs to play them in the playoff with only having one yourself, so I thought it was very important for me to get another elite big man score to, to try to beat the Grizzlies with their two-headed, you know, monster, and then the Mavs have their own, and Perlin and Moala, and, so I just didn't want to go into uh, the the playoffs without two big men that were that could you know help lead the charge for us. Yeah, soup. Your perspective on on all the shenanigans and and uh, the Bootsy saga. Yeah, first things first, uh, man. That that trade that trade talk going on in the, in the Discord chat. That's uh, that's like the third rail TMBSL, man. That's where all the power is. That's where all the brokered moves are getting made. So if you're not there at night, you're missing out on an opportunity. Uh, I want to be clear on, on something involving Ian. Uh, I came late to the party. I joined the chat, and they were already almost agreed to a trade deal. 
So, I mean, it wasn't like we were negotiating back and forth who'd get the best offer. Dirt had an offer on the table. I came in with what I thought was a better offer. Trophy (laughs) was drunk and was like, well, (laughs) no, I just, uh, I like Dirt better. I'm going to go ahead and take this deal, even though it's worse. Post it. So, and then it went from that to whoever posts the deal first gets it. And then it was just kind of escalated from there. He, uh, I was never really in on Bootsy with BK. I know uh, I was there for the talks when he loosely agreed to the the day 60 handshake deal with with dirt. So I never really seriously like looked at him or made an offer. I just assumed that deal was going to happen. Uh, he <laughs> he was in shout shopping it, uh, telling everybody basically what the agreed deal was. And if they didn't want dirt to have them, they can they should just slide in his PMs and try to up it which I think is a pretty scumbag move. Uh, but I also want to point out that as soon as BK traded Bootsy in a typical BK fashion, he was like, oh, man, I got, I won that trade. BK's, uh, Bootsy's not even that good. So he tends to do that a lot. I just find that interesting. Yeah, his uh, method of hyping up his players, which a lot of us do, like, hey, we want to get as maximum value out of players we're looking to shop. But then to trash them immediately after trading them, that's kind of that's kind of it's it's that's the odd twist to BK. And he seems to do that often. Um, You know, again, you know, like people will catch on to that and eventually punish him in trade value. But, you know, it's it's his way of uh, operating. Uh, Let's slide. Obviously, we're we're discussing the Bucks and and the move there for Bootsy and the swap of Ian. But uh, he also put, uh, you know, shook waves in Sim League when he pulled off a trade with Duck of the Miami Heat and brought Antonio Gates to um, the land of Milwaukee. And, you know, planted his flag as a guy who was going to attempt to compete with the big three out West, as it seemed like nobody else really wanted to give, give a shot uh, to this point. Um, Soup, obviously you are the defending champion. Uh, You are the Western conference King at the point. Uh, Your thoughts on, on the trade for Gates. Did you feel like it was sufficient value um, that he gave up? Did you think he gave up too much? Uh, Where's your stance on the deal? Yeah, that's another deal where we kind of got a backstage look due to due to chatting. Uh, I know you were in contact with Duck, so you're probably the the man to talk to about this. But you're we're kind of leaking us information on the kind of deals that uh, or offers that Duck was receiving, and you were keeping us posted on that. So based on the offers that we were hearing from you and from Hebes, who later joined the conversation and sent out an offer, Trophy did have the best offer out there. So I think as far as Duck, he probably got the max offer or the max return he could expect from a player like Gates. And uh, I mean, I really love the trade for Trophy. I'm a big fan of Gates. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what your two guys' opinion on, but I think he looks like a little mini LeBron. Um, I think he does everything. He does everything pretty well. Uh, he's going to be a superstar in the league for for years to come. Uh, hopefully, Trophy will be able to resign him, and you know, for his sake. Uh, and he's going to be able to offer the most. So I don't. I thought it was a good trade. It's a. It's a. It's a. It was definitely a future. Mo, uh, a future move. I mean, they they probably won't win the title this year. But that that trade, along with the re-signings that he made this last, or the the free agent moves that he made this past off season, it's going to put him in a good spot to compete moving forward the next five ten years. So I mean, it's typical typical trophy. Trophy's pretty good at building teams. 
uh, as we've seen in years past. And he, it looks like he's uh, well on his way to doing that again in 6.0. Yeah, um, as someone who's been in contact with Duck, I think it started like maybe Friday of last week, maybe Saturday of last week. I had uh, tossed him a PM and said, hey, what's your feelings on Gates? Would you be willing to move him? I think this is before the season started. So he had uh, kind of given me a heads up that, um, you know, he wanted to see a few Sims um, and to let him know, you know, you know what I was thinking about trade offers. And I think at that point I had given him three different options. You know, I, I figured I didn't want to be in a boat where I was under you know, un- undervaluing an offer and then having to negotiate back up, I figured let me let me give it a best and 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 first shot in the hopes that I could, you know, um, not get this into a bidding war with all the GMs in the league. And so I did give them a, a, some really good offers. I mean, I gave them at that point my best to first round picks that I had available to trade them, and I think that was one nine, one ten, and I think I was packaging him with Mohammed and Goss, and I was trying to sell that there are eight potential twenty one year old guys who you know are locked up long term to really you know cap friendly deals, you know, and so that was my push. And he kind of just uh, you know he made me work for over days, over days, over days, and then he finally put um. You know, he finally put Gates on the block. But once Trophy got involved and I knew what the the offer was, <laughs> I knew I, I was I was toast at that point. But I was trying a master plan of getting Gates from Duck and then turning around and getting Ian, Greek Ian, off of Trophy to pair up with my roster, my core. And I was going to try to roll with that into the playoffs. Um, obviously, that all failed. And then once I didn't get Gates, you know, I, I didn't see a need for Ian. Obviously, my lane and what ended up happening with my squad happened a few days after that. But at that point, I was resigned to the fact that I wasn't going to make any major upgrades to my team. But, yeah, it's a great move for uh, Troph. He's got an elite player to um, build around. He's going to have a ton of high-end draft picks coming up here in a couple of years. And he's got a ton of space. So it will be interesting to see how that team is is continued to be built. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, he's got some prime years ahead of him. I know, Soup, you wanted to touch back in here. Yeah, just to me, it sounds like you were just starting to groom maybe a, a, another GM for a, <laughs> for a trade rate. So, I mean, I can commend you on your style. Looks like that's that's the route you're going in 6.0, and I, I appreciate the effort. <laughs> Uh, I know we were talking it's, to Trophy real quick uh, before you answer that. Uh, Trophy was also talking in chat the other night about how something, some communication was happening between you two and that uh, maybe he heard that you were getting in on the on the gate still when you guys had already talked about the end. So maybe like it changed his offer to duck. Is there any truth to that or am I, am I miss? I, I don't know because so like – at the same time as I started speaking to Duck, Duck had given me indications that my offers were really strong and he was truly considering accepting the deal. And so then my wheels started moving and I said, well, now I need a big man. And instantly I knew that Troph wasn't looking to build for you know this year with the free agency signed. And he wasn't in that position currently and that I could pull Ian off of him. So I started talking to him about uh, expirings that I could match 
and then a draft pick that I could send him. But obviously I couldn't commit to the draft pick until I knew what Duck wanted from me. If he wanted all three, if he wanted two, like I said, there was a bunch of scenarios that I was waiting on Duck. So me holding Trofe up was actually Duck holding me up because I couldn't say, yeah, Trofe, I'll give you this pick. And then that ended up costing me getting Gates. So I wanted to get Gates done, accepted and done, you know, out the way. So I think Trofe got a little... If, according to him, he got a little bit uh, pissed that I was leading him on and and dragging this out uh, over a bunch of days, which it was. Like I said, I, I I was working on on the Gates deal, you know, over a week now. Um, you know, so it, it, he ended up really coming strong with his offer. Um, we were playing, uh, as Dirt called it, uh, uh, what the fuck was it called, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> so we were trying to figure out who had the mysterious offer, and we assumed that uh, by process of elimination poorly that it was Hebes. And instead of it being Hebes, we entered Hebes into the market because he was oblivious to Gates being on the market, and then he he shot his shot. Um, you know, so you know, I added a contender to the whole mix. But uh, yeah, it's just one of them things, man. I, I think uh, ultimately Gates is a superstar. He's he's going to be a power in the league and you know we'll see if he resigns with milwaukee if he does you know trof has planted his flag in the west as a big time contender and, and possibly a dynasty in the making depending on how those draft picks unfold so uh we'll look and see how that goes um another thing that unfolded out west here over the last you know few uh few days is uh our boy dirt bringing his entire uh, squad back here for one more run, obviously, uh, he'll he'll touch on this here, but a little snag uh, this afternoon during the sim. But your thoughts and, and your math, your your plans on bringing that whole squad back, Dirt? Yeah, I mean, it was a 67 win team last year. Um, it played really well in the playoffs. I got injured. Um, I was if I you know I brought the same team back with with King and Holton. I feel like it's better. Well, when I see Soups, I know Curlin and Moala look a little look better this year and have probably improved TC-wise. He didn't have his starting shooting guard from last season. So that kind of gave me hope that maybe with process of you know elimination with the shooting guard that maybe I can take a step you know into the finals this season. It's just when I look at box scores and I play the Grizzlies and I play the Mavs, whenever I'm running outside offense, my wings do well, but his bigs just go off on me since I just don't have the inside scoring to, you know, to beat them. Like the but one time, the only times I can beat them is if Smith and Lang and Muala and Curlin are in foul trouble. And so I wanted to go back to that type of uh, style instead of trying, I went like four Sims trying to unleash Drazen and Reba, try to get them more shot attempts, try to get them more minutes, random or outside offense to see if, uh, if that would help. But unfortunately, when you're in the West, the battles are down low, and I just needed to change back to what was working last season. Uh, Soup, what were your initial thoughts when you saw Dirt bringing this his his squad back here? A little nervous. Uh, I know yeah. you've been a fan of his squad, his roster this year, who before even the Ian deal last night. Yeah, I mean he's. I was thought he was the most talented team this year already. And then for him to add, you know, a top 10 big to that, to that lineup. Um, you could see if you were in those chats last night, you, I was doing everything in my power to keep, 
keep that trade from happening. Uh, I threw everything I could at Trophy, but Trophy was dead set on Bootsy and uh, getting the, getting what he got from Dirt. Unfortunate um, that he got, took that injury. I know Dirt was a little upset with that. Uh, I don't. I don't think Dirt should. I mean, Dirt shouldn't react too hastily. He shouldn't throw up a fire cell block. Uh, just take the lump. He'll be back for the playoffs when it matters. Uh, as we saw earlier, Eric was talking about his test sim. Uh, Clippers made the finals in his test sim where he lost to the Cougars, but he did make the finals. So I think he should just stand pat, uh, wait for him to get back, kick ass in the playoffs like he always does. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Cougars, uh, congratulations on your fake sim league title. Uh, you are the first fake sim league champion of uh, 6.0. So that's always cool to to hear little bits and tidbits of what could have been. Um, I think, Soup, you correctly guessed them to be the champ. So I think you got 1K for that. So, you know, let that money stack. Um, before we close out here, trade talks, I, I, I want to, you know, just kind of finish with uh, what the F is going on with some of the contenders around the league and just the lack of trade action. Um, I know, Soup. You've been, even though you, you asset wise and even dirt wise, asset wise is pretty strapped. You guys have both been super active in trying to just even add little increments of uh, improvement to your roster, even down to the last minutes being played. Uh, your thoughts on the lack of action around the league with some of these teams that are uh, in the mix to contend for uh, a, a title and uh, maybe those with massive superstars who are just um, dicking around? Yeah, I I mean, as someone who's trying to make moves myself, I see how difficult it is. There's really not the players out there, and there's people not wanting to move. Uh, I think the guy, your whole spiel just there, I think it's mostly about one GM, and that's that's Ankley. Like, what the fuck is he doing? So he's got the best player in the league, and he's just standing pat, not doing anything. Um, he should be doing everything he can to put a title contender around this guy now. Uh, he's got every, every, I mean, incentive to, I mean, he took the best player at the first pick in the draft. Uh, I, I mean, I would have went all in right away. I don't, I mean, maybe his GM style is a little different than mine. Um, but it's funny to see him go around critiquing every other person's teams when he's not doing much to improve his own. He made a shot last night I thought was fucking just spot-on hilarious. He came in during the Sixers game. It was like, wow, the Sixers are really just going to waste Joel Embiid, huh? And I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, isn't that ironic? That's what you're kind of doing with your sim team in Bojan. So, I don't know. I don't know what his plans are. I don't know. He's just he's hoping to do something in free agency this season. If he doesn't, is he going to move on, trade? Uh, I know we had some talks with some GMs the other night who said they have inquired about Bojan, and perhaps that maybe that is the case, but you never know. So I don't know. I, people are trying to make moves. Uh, just There's just really not little players there, just maybe little scrap pieces to try to improve your team. Yeah, Dirt, I know you wanted to chime in here, so go ahead, man. I wanted to bring this up when we were doing um, trade the trade talk with Gates um, about Bojan. I think... Like Ank or or Trophy's been telling me about Ank 
is that he wants to wait for this free agency, throw out Max's this free agency, and if he doesn't get any contracts or bids, he's going to trade Bojan. Well, I think the issue with him trading Rojan is I think he might he might not be able to get what he really wants because he got offered like a three and a two for Bojan and he said that was a pretty weak um, offer. But I think it's something to think about 10 years from now. Is there going to be GMs that have two top three picks like that offer? And he's already calling that offer weak. So if we're going to sell off our 28-year-old Max guy, you're probably not going to get the five-year draft picks like you normally would at the beginning, you know, of like 2.0 or 4.0. If you're going to be rebuilding, I don't know if you'll be able to get the type of assets you want. So build on him now when he's 27 instead of just waiting. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, it is interesting to see how Hank knew pretty early on that he had a massive elite player, you know, top of the league. And he knew that because he had one, one and he had a pretty good idea. He was going to get that. And then soup saw preseason after his draft and said, Whoa, shit. Moala is legit here. He, he is, you know, top three, top two player in the league. And, you know, I, I know soup said, well, well, maybe that's just not his style, but like, I feel like to waste two entire seasons, of doing absolutely nothing but just hoping for free agent luck. It's just not a proper way like that to me. I just, I I don't know. I feel like it's so risky. And then like dirt said, like then at what point are you going to start selling? We're already seeing the slowdown of players being moved. We had a massive uh, trade frenzy at the beginning of last season. Obviously this season there's moves that are trying to be made, but people are a lot more cautious. I think sellers are trying to raise their prices. Um, so it's it's not easy for buyers. And I think that's just going to continue forward. Uh, I mean, he's the best player in the league. There will be a market and he will get a return. It, like Dirt said, it, will it be better now or will it be better in two years if he skips? You know, like he's got a big free agent window this year. Then next year, the free agent class is pretty poor. And then after that, it's another really good free agent class. So, you know, what does he do moving forward if he strikes out again this year? I think uh, Bojan, I think uh, you probably have a handful of GMs inquiring about him. I think next year, if he does uh, swing and a miss again, I think there will be a lot more guys in the market for him. So that'll be a plus. Um, You know, it it will be interesting to see what happens out there. I also thought maybe, I don't know, Soup, if you want to touch on it, the Magic, um, you know, they've had a little bit of they were the representative in the Eastern Conference Finals, and now they've taken a, a severe step back. They've been 500 for most of the season, but it looks like he made a couple of tweaks. Uh, any other GMs along that elk that had a really good team and doesn't seem like they're they're making much moves? Uh, your thoughts on kind of, you know, I know you said that you think their people are trying to make moves, but is there is there anybody that you know you think should uh, should be more active here? I feel like you're just trying to get me to take shots at people. You're trying to bait me. But I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, there's just, there's no one out there to trade for Uh, you. Like, and you also mentioned that uh, people they're they're asking price is just ridiculous right now because it is a seller's market. And you've got people like dirt who are willing to pay, pay outrageous prices for players just because he's all in mode. And, you know, this is his last dance. Um, 
So, I mean, I, we really don't know what's happening behind scenes. A lot of guys are not vocal about what kind of moves they're trying to make. Um, I kind of want to move this conversation to uh, other than Bojan. Is there, is there some of other, these other superstars or players that you think we're seeing getting moved? You know, like your Luke May types or your Doug Wren types. Uh, do you think we'll see any of those guys move this this uh, before the trade deadline? I, I don't think we'll see um, Ren or May moved. Um, I'm actually surprised that Kemp hasn't been moved. Um, I, in full disclosure, had made multiple attempts over multiple days to um, acquire him, but it just seems like I'm being trolled, so I've given up my chase of Kemp Jr. But I, I figured he was a player that, um, you know, Fecta would try to capitalize and get some future draft capital for because there's a chance he may not return and his roster is abysmal. Um, Gansey is another player on the market, um, but he's been pr- his price tag has been um, it's it's pretty high. Um, I don't know, Dirt, are there any other players that you think, you know, as Soup said, that you're surprised haven't been shopped uh, a little bit more vocally? Uh, I think right now it's they're too expensive. Or, like, for example, May, he's not where, you know, he wants probably at least two top five picks for him. Like, actually, maybe more. Strophy told me he was working on May, and then he got a ticker. <laughs> So I, I feel like Trophy is the guy that just goes around and tries to get really good players for a decent deal to see if they, you know, that GM has any interest. You know, for example, him just out of the blue going and offering, you know, two firsts for Bojan and then just going to May, offering two firsts for May. So I just don't, I just don't think there's enough, uh, it's not enough to get these guys yet. Like I can't get anybody with 1.5. 1.5 is not enough for much because these rookies you you know no one they're so young like the really good players that are under contract right now they're really young so why would you want to trade a 1.5 for someone that's already really good and really young and gates i think sean kemp jr is i was trying to get to him he's on the hornets right um what is he yeah he's 23 so he's able to get that gates deal which I know Sharar left the bullets, but I think there is a better percentage when you can give someone a lot more money like Kemp, you know, and um, Gates. So that might be a reason why he's not really trying to move them is because he does have the benefit of a rookie contract starting at, you know, $15 million or the second year of a rookie contract starting at 15 instead of 12 and a half. So, and I don't, I, I think people will realize that Gansey's on an inflated, you know, he's, he's working on inflation time. Like he's, I don't think he's worth the max, but he'll get a max because people want to take him from, you know, T-Wind. So I would really, if I was T-Wind, I would definitely trade um, Gamzee for literally anything at this point. Because he's the only like rookie contract guy that has to start at 12 and a half because he's making $5 million this season. So that's like, for example, for me, like with Riva, like I have to get under the complete cap space and I can only offer what other GMs can offer. So my percentage are lower to get them. But I think that's the difference between price tags and non-price, you know, price tags, non-price tags, whatever. And people are just wanting too much. And it comes back to, it's the will. No one's going to have a buttload of, you know, 
assets for you because you can be like trophy you get all this assets and you get gates and then you pair them up against who for you to win a title soup i know you wanted to chime in here go ahead man yeah uh, i got breaking news here on the bs report uh the mavericks and the supersonics have agreed in principle to a trade of noah noah dickerson is making his way to dallas and in return, the, the Supersonics are receiving Scott Suggs and then the Mavericks 3006 first, which is pick 16, along with the Mavericks second rounder from this season, 2.10. So a little bit of breaking news here on the BS report. Well, we love we love to have breaking news here on the BS report. This is fantastic. Um, I do see a certain GM on a video call that is shaking his head. So uh <laughs> <laughs> Dirt. Every time you 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 punch at soup, man, he punches right back, dude. Your uh, your instant analysis of that move. No, I just I think it's it's unfortunate because when I go to somebody and I want a guy that's worth a one point sixteen in a second rounder, he responds back, "Well, I really like that one point five, like." Soup's able to tell him, like, dude, this is all I can offer you. Like, I'm giving you everything. And when I go to him and I want to offer, like, three mid-first for somebody, they retype, like, well, I like that 1.5 better. So it's extremely difficult for me to get – because I've been trying to get Dickerson early in the season. He said he liked the 1.5. And then he offered me Dick Dickerson and 1.20 for 1.5. So, like, how – why would I want a deep potential – Noah Dickerson right now when I can get a $1.5, $4 million guy that's going to be just as good as him or better. So it makes no sense for me to get him, but then he turns around and he trades it to my competition for 1.16 subs and a second round pick. Like that's, I, that's, a, that's a good trade. That's, a, that's what he's worth, not what he's offering for me just because I've got 1.5 and I'm dirt and I trade all the time and I seem desperate. But I'm not that effing desperate. Yeah, I, I feel your frustration, uh, Soup. Your your obviously you are the man in in this deal. Um, talk about where you feel like he's a big improvement for you. First off, uh, you feel our des desperate. Er, yeah, I don't understand. Like you like any trade you've done so far in this league has been raping somebody. You don't understand the grind me and Dirt are going through trying to improve this team and all the odds we're up against. We don't have farm teams to to trade us picks and players for nothing, Mr. Banks. All right, but anyways, I've been trying for a few days, obviously try to match anything that, that the Clippers are doing. Um, once he added another big man, I knew I was going to have some difficulty competing with him down low, so I've been looking for a big man. I've reached out for Ansi Tomic, uh, Muldrow, uh, I obviously I offered on in creek in, uh, I've, I've been kind of, I've gotten, I was getting pretty close with in on pulling the trade, uh, before I noticed and shout Tim had mentioned Noah Dickerson. I didn't, I never really gave it a serious thought Noah Dickerson because I had talked to dirt and dirt had told me what Tim had asked for him. And that was that 1.5 and I didn't have anything close to that. So I wasn't going to waste anybody's time. So in chat, I was just like, I mean, sorry, man, I don't, I don't have anything, you know, I don't have a top five pick. He's like, well, it doesn't necessarily have to take a top five pick. So trade talks engaged. 
that we were able to get a deal done. Um, I think there's some truth to what Dirt was saying. I mentioned that to him earlier that I'm coming to these to these GMs and I'm like, listen, man, these are my three picks that I have, and this is the best one I can offer. I mean, so it's kind of a take it or leave it deal. Whereas he, Dirt, who had a little bit more draft cap draft capital and a little better draft capital on top of that, they're like, well, I mean, I see you got this. Why can't you offer that? And so instead of you know getting fair fair trade assessments with him. Yeah, I mean they're they're asking for something a little more that Dirt's willing to give, and probably a little more than what they're worth. But obviously, I like it for me. It gives me a. I don't. I mean, my bigs are good. I mean, Curlin's coming back after a long injury. Uh, that Matthew, I'm my Manning guy for me this year has been great. Elias is a great great big down low, but I think I'm missing to, to be able to compete with the horses in this league. I needed a legit third big man, and I think I'm able to do that with Dickerson. Since we are discussing your squad, uh, let's let's transition into season discussions and and we'll touch on the East in a second. But since you are talking about uh, your roster soup, let's let's start in the West here. Um, obviously, you are the top dog here. Um, the Grizzlies just made a move. Um, we've seen uh, dirt very active. Uh, your assessment of the West. Um, you know, and maybe chime in if, uh, you know, a guy like up and coming like Trophy, if you think he's going to be a contender and make some noise out West. Yeah, I mean, kind of, it's kind of the same story as last year. You got the top three teams in Mavericks, Grizzlies, and Clippers, and we're kind of interchangeable. I mean, any any one of us, I think, could could win on any given day. I think the depth of the conference is a little better this year with uh you know, someone like the Bucks making moves, uh, they're going to be a, a strong, they're going to be a hard out round one. I mean, I don't think they're they're where they need to be yet, but they're definitely capable of winning a couple of games against one of those top three teams in the in the, in the opening series. Uh, Portland was able to get Samson, uh, potential rookie of the year. So he's building that team up nicely. Um, I mean, and then you got the GMs like Ward and, and, and Tim, they're coming. Uh, they're not, they're not nowhere close, but they're building assets and you know, they're going to be up towards the tops, you know, sooner rather than later. Uh, but as far as this season, yeah, it's more the same. It's those top three teams. It's arms race. We're all daily. One of us, it seems like one of us is improving. Uh, we're all trying to aim for that top spot where we feel the number one seed is that important. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, I've had, you know, I don't want to play my violin because people have had it worse, but I have been without my starting center for, for quite a bit and I'll get hit. I should get him back next in uh, next him. And now the Clippers are dealing with their injury problems. It seems like the Grizzlies have had maybe a couple of uh, lingering issues this year, not quite as bad as they did last year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's, if he's able to make a big move. I've heard some rumors that he's been trying to maybe move Lang. So I don't know if he's got something lined up or if he's got some some uh, trade irons in the fire. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, I think it, those are your three teams. I think the Fracks show that those are the top three teams in the West, and uh, those will be one of those three teams will represent the Western Conference in in the finals this year. Dirt, uh, I'm gonna throw it over to you here. Um, 
I mean, our it, it is an arms race between you and Soup. That's clear. Every day you're making a move, he makes a counter move. You're making a move, he makes a counter move. He makes a move, you make a counter move. Um, I guess it kind of leads us as, you know, you guys are truly the two elite squads. And then there is the, gr- the Grizzlies who put up um, nice victories. But are they just paper tigers? We're, we're, where do you stand here? Uh, I think the Grizzlies are good. I just, I don't know if they have a, a good enough point guard. Maybe it's the seeding. I'm not real sure. If, maybe they just had a bad playoffs last season. So, I mean, it is what is RNG, whatever it's called, that could happen in the playoffs. And if he's the two seed, I'm the three. He can very easily possibly beat me to go to the Western Conference Finals. But I think Dickerson is a really really good big I think it makes I definitely think it makes the Mavs um the top spot in the west which you know I thought they already were so I think he should I think he punched his ticket to the finals with this trade I just uh man I I did everything I could I worked my tail off to to try to get me another chance at a title this season so it's a little frustrating that y'all two are able to to get players that I've been trying to get all season for cheaper than what I even offered. Like, so it's, it's a little aggravating, but it's the name of the game. So no hard feelings there. And I will say this. The only reason I blame Eric for why Dickerson's on the maps. So thanks Eric for bringing your comments of fake sim into shout ruining my uh season thank you <laughs> uh dirt i'm gonna keep it with you here because i want you to touch a little bit on the east um obviously there's been a reshuffle there uh there is a uh new top team they're actually uh, currently the best record in sim league um but uh, there, you still have Odin and the Bobcats there. You have uh, 20s Cougars kind of just creeping in, in the shadows. And then, of course, you had the Magic, who made the Eastern Conference Finals, who are struggling this year but have made a, uh, a couple of tweaks here uh, uh, today in trades. Um, you know, your your general uh, thoughts on the East uh, and, and where you see uh, see the season playing out here. Yeah, I discussed with soup a little bit about this after the the dd diamond trade uh how i i think with you getting calvary and nixon uh, nigel dixon i mean and then bringing in dd you're bringing in a double double rebounder he's so now you're like one of the few teams that can actually have two double you know two double double rebounding guys and one's a shooting guard so i think you made out like a bandit i mean Goodness gracious, Doc Holiday to I rush, you know. That'll be your Huckleberry. Bend over. And I think you turned that into I mean, it's it's amazing how you went from shit Spivey being your best player to now being forty one and nine after Sim seven. That's amazing. It's unbelievable. Um, I think the Bobcats aren't I think the way of beating the the Bobcats are having big men and bringing in Carr. I played the Bobcats last sim. His two starting uh, center and power forwards played 20 minutes and fouled out. And I think that's the biggest key to beating the East. And I think that's why the Cougars might even make it past the Bobcats because Stip, you know, kicking wing, 
Sims or whatever is Chief and uh, Sherrard, they're gonna eat that front court up. I, it's we'll see. I think that's why I like the West is because we're a battle of the bigs. In the East, you have like the Magic Raptors, Bobcats from last season. They don't have any big men. They've got like Magnifico, which is a good defensive big. The Magic lost Dino, and the Bobcats just have two middle row like one and a you know one point three blocks per game guys. Like they're not scorers. They're we don't even you know they're not not the best big men. So it'll be really interesting to see if like the outside scoring can come through the come through the east and face the west but the way i the way i've seen box scores and the way i've seen in the playoffs and the way the grizzlies and mavs play even the way i play with hines i just think the big men is just too big of a position to ignore and i can see the best big man in the east going to the finals and that's antoine carr or you know lloyd sherrar so i we'll see what happens there but any any given day, the East can beat the West in the finals. But I'd put my money on Sixers winning and going to the finals after your trades yesterday. Soup, uh, a soup if you want to touch on the East. Yeah, looking at the standings here, uh, the top eight, it looks like, it, I mean, the top eight, it looks like almost everybody's basically clinched at this point. Uh, that ninth place team's 11 games back of eighth place. So we might see some seeding. Uh, swapping, but it looks like you have your top eight teams, and those eight teams are going to make the playoffs. Um, kind of just echoing what Dirt said. I know I was probably the most critical of what you did in creation, uh, and I stand by that. I thought you had a really bad creation, but you are. Uh, I know some have been hesitant to give you credit, cough in, cough, uh, but what you've done to turn that team into a powerhouse, it deserves credit. Uh, you obviously, you, it's still determined, I think, whether you're a great GM, but you're definitely, your moves to this point post-creation is certainly pointing you in that direction. Um, of course, you have to, you know, you had some draft luck, but, you know, you put yourself in the spot where you were able to scout uh, and give yourself three, you know, three quote-unquote lottery picks in a draft, um, build them up, you pulled off some magnificent trade trade work, you know, stuff that I've never seen before. Um, and you, I mean, in your records, 41 and nine, there's no, there's no denying that you're the top team right now in the East uh, behind you. You've got the Bobcats. They're basically returning the same team from last year, minus a big man. Um, I don't know if they plan on making any moves or if they're content on riding with what they have. It seems like Odin has been, disconnected from the league here recently. I don't know if y'all get that same feeling. Um, so I, I, who knows? He might just be on cruise control right now, uh, thinking that he has the best team. Uh, another team that jumped, you know, from the eight seed, eight seed last year, they're up at, to top three. And as we saw, uh, guys, when the Dirt was mentioning, blaming Eric for, for me making that Dickerson move, uh, Eric had done a test sim. Uh, from pretty much this point to the end of the season. And the finals came down to the Clippers and the Cougars, where the Cougars won. So, I mean, obviously the Cougars are, ca are capable of winning the championship. And a lot of that is due to the point that Dirt brought up with big men. Big men reign supreme. And uh, there's just no one in the East that can match up to what 20s and the Cougars are doing down low. 
Um, I'm a little shocked that, I mean, I say shocked, but I mean, he's doing well. So, but I'm a little uh, surprised that 20s hasn't made a move, you know, to move one of those guys uh, for a wing uh, to help, you know, even out that roster. I know he was in some talks, but he's a little hesitant because of his cap situation and with the bird years being the way they are. So that's something to look forward to next year, maybe when we see some guys start to have birds, you know, someone like 20s turning that roster a little bit to help complete it. Uh, Raptors, they really, I mean, they seem like they're the same team as last year. I'm kind of surprised, you know, guys like them and the Magic you mentioned earlier, the Bullets, just sitting pat and not really making any moves. I mean, is that because the, the markets try? Is that because they're lazy and uninterested? You know, I don't think it's the second part. Uh, but maybe the market's just trying. There's really no moves there to make. So they're kind of stuck in no man's land at the point. Uh, Pacers, we know he's been active. Uh, he was in on Gates. Uh, he was in on what well, we thought he was in on end, but we found out later he wasn't. Uh, so if he was that, I mean, Pacers are definitely trying to improve. He's in a good spot. Right now he's got a young point guard in a, in a young wing that he's going to be able to build, you know, uh, for the next five to ten years. You know, a great friend tries around. Uh, Hawks kind of shot their shot early on the year, trading 1.4 for Kenny George. Uh, Kenny George, that looks like he's, you know, is having a pretty decent year. But the Hawks still remain around where they were last year, you know, that 4-5 seed. So, I mean – not much has changed as far as the teams in the playoffs from last year. Uh, you know, we still see, we see the same teams, uh, but maybe there was a little bit of reshuffling on on the top teams up top. Uh, I think your 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 Eastern Conference champion is going to come from one of those top three seed. You know, those top three seeds. Um, I would I in my opinion I would have said Sixers, but after hearing what Eric said and just knowing how good big men are, I think that we're going to see the Cougars. Uh, the Cougars meet the Clippers in the in the finals. Yeah, I will say that um, watching box scores personally and taking a look, and we'll transition here to some playoff predictions, and uh, and I'll jump in here and I'll give you mine. Uh, just just looking at the Easter Conference, um, one thing that I did notice was my big men outside of Bowl and outside of Car were um, a. A weakness, uh, I guess, depth, and especially against the Cougars when I saw that, um, you know, some of the stats that his big guys put in, he's so deep, man. He's He, he was like five deep at one point with power forwards and, and centers, and it was uh, comparable to what, you know, you you guys in the West have. So there was some severe firepower there. I thought uh, I could, you know, uh, boost that up with Calvary and um, Dixon, and hopefully that um, can – inch me a little bit closer in that category where my where I think I um definitely have a, an advantage over the Cougars is on the wings um and I think DD only put me a little bit step further um that's the team that I'm most worried about into the playoffs was Carolina I think I've said that a couple of times uh off in discord or or in shout um you know that 20s team is the team that I, I am you know most concerned with and rather see them in the Eastern conference finals than seeing them before that. Um, you know, the Bobcats, as you said, with Odin, he's kind of in a holding pattern. He shot his load. All his assets are gone for the most part. Um, you know, his team is, is kind of is what it is. So him being disconnected a little bit for the league makes sense. I mean, his roster is still, 
uh, top tier. I, I will say about the Hawks, I, I think they did the most improvement of, uh, you know, the teams last year that were like contenders. Um, I think they were able to get themselves from like, uh, you know, a six, seven seed and and move themselves up. You know, I, I know they're they're in the fifth seed, but Carolina got that free agent luck. Um, you know, I got uh the benefit of hitting on rookies and really boosting my, my team up in that fashion. But I, I thought what JHB did was really well. His team is playing really well. Um, you know, ultimately out out East, I think you're going to see a Sixers and Cougars final. I, I think you're probably going to see that go seven games. And, um, you know, I, I, it's too, it's tough. To, it's going to be a coin flip, but I could easily see uh, Carolina getting out of the East. Um, Dirt, your thoughts on uh, playoff predictions out East. Uh, before I, I get you to chime in on both East and West here, I, I'll just throw my Western conference out. I still think it's going to be Mavericks, and I still think it's going to be Clippers. I think you're going to get a rematch of last year's finals. And, uh, uh, you know, home home court advantage is so critical. Um, you know, I just think that's going to be really tough to beat uh soup in a seven-game series with him having home court. So I think we're going to see a Mavericks in, and a Cougars final this year um just because the matchup is uh you know the big guys still prevail here over wings so i'm going uh cougars versus sixers in the eastern conference finals with the cougars advancing and then uh dallas versus the clippers with dallas advancing and i'll throw it over to you dirt to handicap uh, the playoff races on each side yeah i think it'll be pretty interesting i think the east is a little bit closer than the west is going to be um I think just uh, Soup's got the number one seed without the arguably like third best player on his team. If if I would have lost my third best player on my, you know, I had a pretty healthy roster and I don't, I don't have his record. So I think that speaks for itself. So he's adding two. I know I think Dickerson's an all star. So he's adding Dickerson here on the number one seed. And then he's adding Curlin, who is a 21 and 10 guy with almost two blocks which might've been an all-star that's was pretty all-star type number. So he's, his record is 39 and nine and he's adding two um, elite, pretty, pretty big elite, you know, a big man into his roster. So I think um, he's upgraded craft. Um, he's messed around with his DCs with Papa dog and craft and, was able to kind of mess some, mess around with some stuff and still have the one seed and still bring in two good players. It's it's going to be, I think that's just going to be too difficult for me to overcome and the Grizzlies to overcome. And he'll definitely go to the finals. Um, the Eastern Conference, I think it really is going to be RNG. Like, I look at the Sixers and I really think Carr, you know, is a really good big. If, but then you look at the you know the Cougars and they've got. Sharar, but I think Ellis can really, you know, if you can bring in another big, or even if you could upgrade one of your bigs, or just, you know, maybe get a little bit better in your big, like as your third big man, like a scoring big man, to try to foul out some of those guys, Ellis can can run away with it and get you to the finals. And the Bobcats is just they have a really good one-two-three punch, and if they have home court. They did it last season. They've got three guys that shoot a lot, and only they shoot, and they can take him to the finals. So, if I had to put my money on it, I think it's. I still think it's probably going to be Bobcats Mavs again, a rematch. And I think Mavs take it in six. 
Nice. Uh, Soup, uh, hop in here, give you your thoughts. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Soup, you're good to go. Hop in with your thoughts. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I said fucking Banks muted me. I was like, you fucking played some kind of trick on me, motherfucker. Uh, uh, no, I kind of gave my. Uh, I was looking through the rosters of the East. Low key, dude. Fucking the, the Hawks. They're they're fucking front court. Have you noticed? They're, they're they're fucking badass. They've got Kenny George, Devin Williams, LeBron Nash. They're fucking that. That's a nice little three threesome right there. Um, he's a little lacking in the backcourt. Man, if he could add a piece to that backcourt, get him like a, you know, like a elite level like wing or point guard. That team could be dangerous. I just I don't know if that's out there to trade for. But uh it man, that's that team looks really nice, man. He used what assets he had, I think, on Kenny George. That might be why he still has the team he has. That's just, you know, an assumption, you know. But I think that yeah, was but, the best asset. Hey, I'm so shocked I, how well how well Devin Williams is playing. That, that man, that's some great that's a great stat line. He did good last year too. Uh, yeah, soup. Um, one thing that I, uh, I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to here to improve my competitors, but you know, Gansey might be a fit on that roster, depending on what price he can get him down to. But you know, that's a wing that could complement the rest of the players there. I don't know if he's elite. Um, I think jury's out on that, but it's definitely a upgraded piece that could go a long way for JHB. Just or like someone like draft capital. Someone like Demetrius, if he could have added someone like that to his roster, I mean, I wonder if. Like he, I wonder if he's even trying to reach out, you know, to make some moves. Because I mean, you know, if you had a guy like Demetrius to that roster, man, I mean, you're talking, yeah, you're talking legit contender. Yeah, and that's what, like one of those teams that I mentioned that like they're knocking on that door. They're a piece away from legitimately being like top dog and and being able to punch with like a Bobcats with a Mavs with the Clippers and they just kind of chilling here like they they took a, a huge swing with um Kenny George and a lot of people shit on JHB for that move but I thought it was a good move on his behalf I like the move for him and a lot of people gave him crap but look I think he's improved that roster a great deal over last year I think he's he's right there on the cusp of maybe another move away like you said a point guard or maybe a, a shooting guard or something like that to elevate him even that next level where you're now talking about you know a big three or big four in 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 the east um you know and before you break down the your playoff uh things i want to get dirt in here just super quick uh, about the kenny george deal i have my hand raised oh crap no um i just think kenny george with the way these 1.4s are there's no way to wait until that 1.4 came across like Kenny George, he has no quickness, no strength, and no jumping. That's why his usage is down and his minutes are down. And that's the reason why you don't give up 1.4 for him. I think, uh, I think that, uh, you know, uh, we'll stay on the opposite sides. We'll just leave it at there for now. And I'll let Sue chime in here on uh, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. Where's where's his head uh, at on how this pans out and uh, who who uh, takes it all at the end there, Sue? Jesus Christ, Banks. Speaking of heads, your head is up your ass. I've already given my take on both the Eastern and Western Conference. So I got Clippers. I said, I Clippers, said, I said, listen, playoff. listen. 
go sit in the corner, let, let the grown folks talk. So we got it down to the Clippers and we got it down to the Cougars uh, in the finals. Uh, I think this is the Clippers year. Um, I can't I can't see another heartache from my bo- from my boy Dirt. I got the Clippers taking it in six, winning the title. As long as he doesn't overreact, get emotional, and sell his team off before then. Well, uh, let's let's move a little bit further here and and uh, finish up uh, some predictions here. Where you stand on MVP, Rookie of the Year, and and possibly GM of the Year, Soup? Uh, I don't know. It seems like. The, the same GMs. I mean, it's like how much credit are you giving GM of the year for getting lucky and landing a free agency contract? Because that, I mean, that literally takes no luck at all. Uh, or it takes no no skill at all. It's all luck. I think uh, at this point, to me, GM has to do with making moves as far as uh, trades uh, or draft. Uh, so I think it's it's got to be a two-horse race, and that's uh, Trophy and Banks. I think you got to factor in win-loss record at this point, and with you being the top top team in the East, uh, you're clearly the GM of the year at, to this point. I mean, there's still a lot of season less, um, so we'll see how that shakes out. But as of now, you've got you've got a pretty You've got a Midwest type lead on on, on that award. Uh, MVP, man, I don't know. Uh, last year it seemed kind of kind of obvious uh, where where Rookie of the Year and MVP were headed. Uh, this year it's a little more scattered across the board. Uh, I think we've had, as far as Player of the Month, uh, there's been three three different. Uh, winners in the first three in the first three months, and then rookie of the month. It looks like Ralph Sam- Samson has sandwiched month in between Clyde Drexler. So I think your rookie of the month's probably at this point looking like Ralph Sampson. Uh, although there's been hell, there's been any one of five rookies that could probably win rookie of the year. I mean they've they've that rookie class has been that amazing this year. Uh, and then player of the year. Uh, I mean Bojan is the best player. Uh, but I mean, just he's on a shit Knicks team, and you can't reward a player on 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 that kind of team record with the MVP award. Um, yeah, that's tough. It's gonna be man. To me, I like. I mean, I think Kahans. I got to give it to my boy. He never gets any respect out west in uh, LA. It's maybe because he plays the late games, and the and the East Coast media doesn't watch. Doesn't weigh in on him enough, but what he's able to do for that Clippers team uh, is uh, is pretty outstanding. So he he gets my vote for early MVP at this point. Uh, Dirt, uh, let's ch- get you to chime in here. MVP, Rookie of the Year, and uh, GM, Exec of the Year. Yeah, I think um, GM of the Year should go to the biggest improvement that has a chance for a title. Um, and I'd have to, unfortunately for twenties, I think he had some really, you know, had a really good draft picking as late as he did, but getting Sharar and free agencies, a little bit more luck 
Um, if he didn't shine Sharar, I still think he'd have a really good team next year for this draft coming up. So um, I'd have to give it to Banks. He, we saw the scouts. He, you know, me and him talked about the scouts. We, he already had um, four. So he traded for three after, you know, Samson fell. Even he got the 1.3 even before, um, I mean, Ellis fell. So I think he did luck out a little bit by, because um, I don't think Troy would have traded 1.3 if he thought Ellis was going three. So I think that worked out doing it that soon as well. So that's, I think you'll get that vote easily. <laughs> and um, the rookie of the year, I think it's going to be Drexler. I think he just does so much. And I know Ellis and Carr are amazing and should also, you know, be right there. Um, it's just Drexler still getting his points for games. He's getting his rebounds and, and assists and, I think he's just doing a little bit more with a little bit less on the Pacers. I think the Sixers roster is a little bit more filled out. So I think he's doing more there. And for the MVP, dude, it's got to be Moala. He single-handedly, like not single-handedly, but he's having, he was 34, got better in this TC, having a better year and bringing the Mavs to the number one it looks like dirt might have froze on us so i'm just gonna pick up here and uh and say that uh i echo his uh sentiments on moala being mvp of the league and i would also say that uh um as far as G, uh, as far as um, rookie of the year, I think my vote would go to Carr. I think that um, he's probably the, you know, he's on the best team currently in the league, and he's single-handedly one of the best reasons or the reason for that to happen. I know Ellis gets a lot of attention, but I think Carr does a lot more well-rounded stuff and participate and helps the team. Uh, so I, I would go with that. Um, as my uh, my two award winners, and as far as GM uh, of the year, I, I think you know Trophy made a major move, and and that was that's where I would uh, um, you know, kind of settle with that. Uh, Soup, let's let's turn it to you. Real quick, here. before uh, we, we before we jump in, I just I, to me, I think it's really premature to talk about these awards. I mean, we're still on Sim Seven, and there's hell, there's fucking you know, almost half a season left. So, I mean, so this is really premature. A lot of things could change between now and then. And uh, Dirt, get some better fucking internet connection, dude. 2021, for Christ's sakes. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and, and touch in a little bit on the off-season uh, preview, if it's not too early for your, your taste soup. Uh, we got a pretty big free agent class on the horizon. Uh, your big fish that you think uh, will see major action in the movement? Yeah, obviously, I'm, uh, I've got a very concerning free agency coming up. Um, I'll start off with Curlin. Uh, he's, he's expiring. Uh, he's 36. Uh, if uh, I doubt he even returns at this point. Uh, if he does return... I think he'll be one of the the more sought after centers. Uh, that kind of went into my my play on getting Noah Dickerson as well. 
uh, I needed some kind of insurance in case that happened. I don't, I don't think he's anywhere. I mean, I don't want to say anyway. He's not quite the player that Bob Curlin is, but I think he's 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 enough. He's good enough to be a center on a championship team. So I bought that insurance a little bit. Uh, but Noah Dickerson is also a free agent. So between the two, I'm hoping to at least get get one more back. Um, and then, I'll, like you said, Papa Lock, he's he's uh, one of the better point guards in the league. Uh, he's he's expiring this year. I don't have birds. Uh, he'll, without a doubt, get maxed from somebody. So I'm kind of praying to the Sim gods at this point and hoping that uh, I'm able to get some resigning love and the software allows them to resign with me. Because uh, other than uh, if I don't get that, it's, it's just going to be – I'm going to be able to offer the same max as everybody else. And at that point, I mean, he could go to anybody. So it would really hurt to lose that guy, especially after I gave up 1.3 in the Conley-Durant-Odin draft. So uh, I think we saw another guy get moved here recently, Gates. He's going to be one of the top of the overall free agents. Uh, trophies in a unique situation to where he will be able to offer more than anybody else. So I don't think it's very likely that Gates is going anywhere. And then you got out West, you've got a player, you know, like Riva. Riva's expiring. Um, he's one of the better shooting uh, small forwards in the league. And Dirt's not going to be able to offer him any more than anybody else. So he's kind of in the same spot with like Papa Lacus. He's going to need some hopefully resigning luck. If not, then it's just going to be the RNG gods and hopefully he can get him back. But then you got players like Gansey, Sean Kibb Jr., who, who, are, who are good players, um, kind of on that, I don't know, that line of Max, who will probably get Max just because of the climate of the league. Uh, probably not worth it. Um, other than that, it's pretty. It's not a very deep free agency class. I know you got your guy in Diamond, who, who who's expiring, who we all really liked. So I don't know if maybe you want to run with that and touch on who you, what your what your feelings are as far as Diamond and who you see as some of the other free agent guys in this class. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, Diamond is going to get. I think we established that uh, borderline. Max guys and guys who should be deserved to get max are going to get fully. Uh, they're going to get it regardless if we if we feel like it's uh, an accurate payout to them or not. And so DD will get that seventeen dollars from multiple GMs in the league. Um, you know, I will be with an eye towards amnesty him at some point. Uh, you know, obviously that deal is not going to be pleasant down the road, and at some point we will start to decline and that's when we'll end this thing in part ways but you know I, I gave up enough capital where i can't risk not uh, getting more than, you know, seven sim and a playoff run out of him so you know we will see how that totally uh, unfolds um you know and, and like guys like Gansy and guys that are kind of borderline free agents you're going to see them get full max um and you know, with the hope that a PC will bump their their um, skill up, and they are worthy of the max. And if not, you're going to see a bunch of amnesty, uh, a wave of amnesty coming through here. You know, it's 50k. It's an article, a good article. 
or it's a good podcast. And, and so people are going to start to take advantage of that. You've got guys like DK, um, you know, as you saw, 20 is very active in the free agent market, trying to sign certain guys. Uh, I mean, not 20, but uh, Ward signing guys to try to flip them down the road. You're going to see a lot more of that coming uh, coming up as, uh, as uh, um, you know, free, free agency unfolds. Um, I know Dirt had mentioned Riva and his plans on it. Uh, I'll let him touch on uh on, on his thoughts on free agency as well here. I think you've you've got him on mute maybe or my gosh, I apologize guys. I got disconnected and I'm back. No, um free agency this um this year is gonna be very interesting. There's um there's a lot of good players out, but there's also a couple of players that you don't have as good of a chance of signing like Gates and Kemp with uh, their 120% starting out. But we'll just see. Um, <laughs> it's a it's kind of a scary situation. So I know why um, Chap's scared of DD re-signing and everything like that. But I just don't think you can live so scared going into free agency. There's still a huge asset that, just the percentages or the possibilities of getting them back and reselling them for more or keeping them just isn't is worth more than just giving them away for to title contenders for such little value. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of maxes from Didi. I think you're going to get a lot of maxes from Riva for Gansey, obviously Gates, um, you know, Kemp. And we'll see what, you know, like I think there's some players that are coming in free agency that will dictate you know, for example, Dickerson, like what's he going to, what are people going to, you know, bid on him? Are they going to go wild like Bootsy or Pope? Because I feel like they went after Bootsy or Pope because they had A potential and B potential and there was still, a, you know, a possibility of them improving and getting some assets with Dickerson. Um, will he be more of a 12 mil guy instead of like a, you know, something a little bit higher than that, like a full max? I think he's still... I don't think he's going to have the 17 and a half max. So, I mean, that that's out of his price range, obviously, but I think he's a, he's a, you know, he's an all-star, you know, DD's an all-star. Some of these people like trophy in the last pod, I'm just going to throw big money at him. And if I don't like the contract and can't move him, I'm going to spend 50 K on him. So it's the, it's the free agents of the will. Uh, cross your fingers, see if uh, experiments come through and, um, I think we're going to see a lot of movement this offseason. I think um, a lot of the good players used a lot of their assets on creation draft and on, you know, in last season. So the Raptors might be, you know, they might have a pick coming up pretty soon, as in like they can trade the 08. And maybe we'll see a little bit more movement next season with another year of assets being added to the pool of these, you know, GMs that spend a lot during creation. So it should be a really fun draft, a really fun free agency and off season. So I'm looking forward to it. I have 1.5, and if any of y'all might want it after the scouts come out, reach out to me. Uh, I want to just chime in here real quick and just apologize for my audio setup. It it, it seems to be uh, awful, and so I do apologize. Um, trying a different route here to close out this podcast, so hopefully it sounds a little bit better. Um, you know, but Dirt did touch on a uh, on a topic here, uh, and that is the wheel 
And so, um, you know, Soup, I'll, I'll throw it to you first here. With free agency, and we saw how it played out last year, with the wheel in, in place, with amnesties uh, as looking, uh, you know, the 50K burger, uh, a big part of the league here and coming up. Uh, do you think the wheel is good for free agency? Do you think overall the wheel is good for the league? I mean, you know, I mean, I've been on record. I was never a fan of the of the wheel going forward. And then, or, you know, as part of the league. And then I was willing to accept it. Um, and I kind of saw the value in it. But then this new, like, factor comes in with, uh, you know, the way free agencies ran. Um, you know, people with their standing, you know, their standings not matter, are just throwing these wild contracts at players. I, and just 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 assign them to move them because I mean where they where, how how that player affects their standings doesn't matter since their their pick is already set in stone. I mean I just that's I mean I understand that's part of the league now. I just I don't like it. I don't have to like it. Um, I don't I just I don't I don't think it's very conducive to to, to you know to a healthy league. I don't think it's you know it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to, I, these people have been doing this for so long, using this setup. Maybe I'm missing the big picture, but I just don't see how overpaying these guys ridiculously, way above their market value, can be good for the lead. I mean, I guess it in the uh, the socialism mindset of our league that it's good because it you know redistributes the wealth, and I, I, and I guess that's good. I guess that's what people want. It's just, it's just. I think it's push league when it's done, um, and it's to be competitive. It's going to have to be something you do, and which is, I mean, which sucks, and I, I just don't like it. Yeah, I, I believe that contenders will have to adapt to the new world and really have to allocate funds for that amnesty because it it looks like you are going to have to max. There's no like fine line, you know, like, Hey, we can maybe get them under max or maybe we can get them. No, you're going to have to go full bore with everybody because I don't think it's going to just stop here early on. I think it's going to be something that goes on throughout this run in 6.0. There's always going to be guys that are rebuilding, retooling that have a ton of cap that are going to try to max anything with a breath to it. And contenders are going to have to do what, like, I have uh, my mindset is, and, like, I don't want to pay DD $17.5 million plus uh, increases, but that's what I'm going to have to do to keep them. And so, I, you know, I'm going to have to make sure I have 50 k in the bank because once that contra- once his deal goes bad, and I mean, once his, his performance goes bad, you, you got to part ways with them. So I think that's something that uh, contenders will have to, to get a little bit um, – you know, keep educated on and keep sharp, sharp about Real it. Quick. Just needed. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'm complaining that I don't like it, but let me be the first to say, I don't know what the solution is to that problem. I don't know what you can do to make it more realistic. I don't, I mean, I don't know what that option is. Do you guys like see anything? I mean, like maybe you have to keep that player on your team for longer or uh, maybe you have to pay more for, for amnesties. I don't know. Uh, maybe have tiered amnesties to where you have to pay more based on the contract. I mean, that idea was brought out. It seemed like that didn't catch on. A lot of people didn't like it. So I really don't know what the answer is. And maybe it's not a problem. Maybe I'm the only person that has a problem with it. Well, I will say this before we let Dirt chime in here. I think when we start talking about amnesties, there is not going to be 
a league consensus on amnesties because you're only going to have a handful of people that are going to actually think about what's better for the health of the league. And like BK's on record multiple times saying, listen, I'm not going to vote to change anything with amnesty because for right now it benefits me. And so I think, you know, you have a section of the league that's just not active, not in tune, that's not going to vote and not going to push for it. And then you have another section of the league that's going to take advantage of amnesty. So they're just going to not, you know, push to get it done. I think that's something Eric is going to have to maybe do on his own, but we know how Eric uh, moves and at the pace he moves. So, you know, I, I, I like the idea of like the tiered based on contract and, and making a cost to buy out because I think you should punish guys who are like, Hey, I'm going to way overpay this guy, even though he doesn't deserve it. And then if he can't flip him, you know, he shouldn't get an easy 50 K out, even though 50 K is not necessarily easy, but, he shouldn't get that easy, easy route out. It should be tiered. So if you really make a fucked up tra- uh, offer, you know, you're really going to get punished or you're really going to have to pay to get out of that bad deal. Now, I'll let uh, Dirt chime in on all that as well here. Um, okay, oh, Dirt. I think that um, Dupe was, is right. I, I, I think that's the biggest thing I have with the will. Um, and I, I think it shows that you can't just build a, uh, a perfect league. You either have people that can tank because if you tank, there is none of this. Um, you know, and I just find it odd. I think a simple solution to start, and I don't know why you would argue this, is why do you you can only buy out a contact? Uh, you can only buy out a contract like once per three years, correct? Right. So why can't you aim to see the same thing, like? Why are you giving? I know you're, I understand, like, oh, if you're more active and you're getting more bucks, then you should be, you know, rewarded. But I think we're already being rewarded by improvements. Why do we need to have such a step above with amnesty? Because it's, it's, there's a reason why they put a rule in effect for buyouts. Now let's make that same reasoning go to the amnesties. And I think another thing, too, is instead of day 60 trade, I think you have to have one bird year over $8 million to trade them. So you have to wait that full season. I think that would also I think that would also help if you don't outlaw the amnesty. And it will help after we get our bird rights or bird year, guys. I think this might be the last year of it to really, you know, kill us because once, um, once those rookies, when Drexler's over, He's going to be able to get 12-5 and then, you know, like normal. And then you're going to have your – where with Reba with three bird years, you know, I have to get under the soft cap, and I have to use $100,000 to aim to see people just to actually send Reba. So I'm almost decimating my team for a shot at Reba. So I think some things will change once everyone has the bird years, like, that you've had that are good. Like, so, I, I don't know. I think it'll – I actually, um, I actually like that idea of not being able to trade at day 60 and that they have to be on your roster for a full year. I think that um, may limit the amount of crazy deals you start seeing. But I'd also would say that I, 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 when you mentioned the buyout, I don't think that should be restricted to once every three years. I feel like if you have the cap space, 
You should be able to do that as long as you have the cat space. So like, I, I don't know why you limit it just to once every three years and then amnesties are just a free for all. I think that you can put more restrictions on amnesties and, uh, and, you know, maybe, you know, um, you know, make it a higher price point to do them. And then I think you can, you know, make the whole buyout a little bit cheaper uh, or, or, or relax some of the restrictions on it and just do away with the one every three years, as long as you have the cap space to, to operate uh, with buyouts. I think that might be a nice little solution. Soup, what do you think uh, as far as Dirt's suggestion on, um, you know, uh, maybe uh, tightening up on, uh, on the amnesty and then maybe, and then my suggestion of maybe loosening up on the buyouts? Uh, I mean, I'm fine with the buyout rule the way it is. Uh, dirt, or the dirt, you know, the idea dirt suggested. I mean, that's kind of what I was talking about. You know, leave that guy on the plate where, to where you can't trade him after day 60. Uh, but where is that line you draw? I mean, he says a season. So, I mean, I like that better than the current, the current format. Um, I don't know. I don't, maybe we're, you know, we're, we're drumming up an issue that's not an issue. Is is this something that goes away, like Dirt says, after everybody starts getting bird years? I don't know. Uh, those guys were in the league with these rules for, you know, decades. So maybe we should just chill maybe a little bit, see how it plays out before we before we get dive too deep into that. Yeah, you know, us old G's trying to change their league. They they don't they don't look high on, on shit like that around these neck of the woods. Um, speaking of uh, changes and and also uh, you know a little bit of angst in the league, uh, Eric has dropped his first class of rookies. Um, there has been lots of speculation on whether they are overpowered. Um, if he overcorrected if he should uh, correct for future classes. So um, I know Dirt is our man, our draft guru. So I'll let him get first crack on his thoughts on Eric's first class. Where do you see him, you know, tweaking or changing or not changing? Um, you know, your general feelings on his first rookie class. I think it was the way to go. I mean, I would have slightly done something better. I wouldn't have, you know, if my draft, pro, you know, if my draft profile guy says that all these players should be polished, I don't know if I'm going to polish as many guys as he polished. Um, I would think giving them actual potential and a and a possibility to grow into what was polished is like better off because they can get good their third year. Um, I know I've discussed it several times in uh, Discord, but. I think he was consistent, and I think that's what was best. He had Estes and Sherrar that were rookies, and they were like, you know, all-star defensive player of the year, MVP candidate type players to start the league. So um, it only makes sense that you've got uh, really good rookies this season. It's just consistent. It's I think I was discussing this with Trophy, and I don't see if I, you know, get a dice roll and get the 1980 draft where I should just not have that good of players just because you want to bust a season. Like in the will, I should have my opportunity at 1.1 to get an elite player just like everybody else has a chance to. So I think it's very difficult to bust rookie, you know, to bust rookie classes when it really is pretty unfair to the GMs. You only get that pick every, you know, 
so many years. I think that's another issue with, with the will. And we can always just go back and forth and back and forth about the will. So I won't get into it, but I'm just um, glad that he is staying consistent and making the rookies um, the same throughout the years. I think that's important. Uh, super. He, he, Dirt makes a nice, uh, good point, I think, with the wheel in place and having just one one overall. Only comes around once every, what, 29 years. Um, you know, busting classes might not be so highly thought of. Um, your thoughts on rookie, uh, Eric's first class and, and maybe tweaks? Are yeah, I mean, I hope we're not saying that the only two options are to bust a class and then have a class like we had just now where there's I, I mean, 15 potential all-stars. I mean, it's there's there's a lot of area to work in with between that. I think with the creation file be, being created for half the GMs, the league is definitely in need of some talent. So I think that's probably what we're seeing right now. We're seeing uh, a correction of that. Uh, that's something we may see for a couple of seasons. It's something we may see going forward from now on it's something that might go back and forth based on what eric feels the talent level is of the league uh we're all on the same we're, we're all we're on the same level there we don't know what eric's gonna do so i get the frustration on either side of it um that's why i'm kind of trying to move out of the drafts this first you know five to ten years uh just keep trying to trade and get players that way proven players I really don't want to take the gamble on rookies. I don't want to take the gamble and be in that draft class where he decides to change things. So that's where I'm at at this point. Yeah, I, I've mentioned this, I think, in Discord, but I, I feel like, um, as you mentioned, the file, creation file, it seemed like it was more uh, set up for a league of maybe 20 GMs versus 29. So the depth and the quality wasn't there throughout the class, uh, throughout the draft. And I think that, um, you know, with uh, players soon to be retiring because of age that are pretty great, um, you know, there is a need of talent to be infused. We saw about, what, five or six really top-tier rookies in this class. Maybe you get two next class. Maybe you get four. Who knows? But I think, you know, Eric is is going to strike a balance and then, once he feels like there is a sufficient talent, I could see, you know, uh, Dirt had mentioned a few times also um, the rookie classes being this rookie class being pretty um, polished and with not a lot of potential. But, you know, you're going to get guys who are what they are right off the bat and they'll stay that way for the bulk of their career. I could see, you know, Eric uh, obviously tweaking that and maybe starting guys with, you uh, uh, you know, not as polished and, and, and have a, a, a lower floor, but a higher ceiling with more potential. So you may get more variance on how prospects develop. Um, you know, I think we've mentioned before getting 30,000 uh, upgrades into you uh, compared to how we used to do it in the past. I think there's something to be discussed on that. And I don't know if, Dirt, you want to hop in and, and talk about that a little bit, you know, being able to put 30,000 into a person even more than that. Uh, versus how we used to do it with five to 8,000 at a time. Yeah, I think I made it look like I could, whenever you went to, to 
rookie or like, you know, your 2.0 rookies or even your 4.0 rookies, sometimes what we're seeing now your rookie year is what you would possibly see third or four years down the road because you have a guy with, you know, six, like Samson has 60 potential. You can only put plus, you know, eight into them for one season. So you're not just automatically giving his inside scoring to 100 and then you're putting his strength to plus, you know, 10 and your jump shot to plus 10 all in one, all on his rookie year. So is So like all these points we put into him and going over the caps, it makes the guy good immediately, especially when you have polished players at 75 to 60 potential instead of your Craig Elo, Manit Bowl, Clyde Drexlers that have, you know, they didn't have a B plus in their grades to start out. You know, they had like a B and B minus or lower with higher potential. So in that even makes it worse because you can put a guy at 85 jump shot his rookie year with like 92 potential instead of last in 2.0, you would only plus eight his jumper, get it to, you know, maybe 82 or 80. So, and, and then you would do it with plus 30 and with the gym, you can cap them all out their rookie year and then just let them grow beyond the cap. So it, I think there is no right way. Those are just the options of comparing 2.0 and, Eric's, you know, 6.0 players. I can see um, the draft choice is changing a little bit, but maybe not. All right. I mean, with that being said, I think uh, we've done a real nice job here of covering a lot of ground. Uh, once again, we, we try to be thorough in our evaluation um, and fair and honest and, uh, and bring the insights. So uh, let's go around with our parting shots. Soup, uh, I'll let you go first, man. Yeah, I, I had everything drawn up here for the end. I was going to make a plea to all the GMs listening that I'm open for trades and I'm I'm, ne- I'm missing a piece and I need to make a trade. But as you saw earlier, I was able to make that trade. So I've got nothing to say, but fuck you all. Curlin's coming back next, Sim. See you in the finals. Uh, Dirt, if you want to go ahead and give your parting shot to the end here. As it's so funny because in the last like week and a half, Tim P- Tim Pick started to grow on me. I finally, I've kind of like figured out his personality, and then he wants to go around and do this. So two days ago, I told him I wasn't going to share scouts with him, but I said I was joking. Maybe I'll have to PM and then tell him I wasn't joking. You're not getting my scouts. So. Thanks for handing your boy soup the championship. And yesterday or this morning, I was on the toilet and um, I found you on Facebook. So you better watch out. <laughs> oh, man. Well, with that, uh, my parting shot here would be just a, a quick, once again, apology for a really shitty audio setup. Um, we'll, we'll find a fix for that and make sure that that doesn't uh, happen moving forward. I want to remind everybody that we are going to do the free roll poker uh, invitational, the first one ever, Monday night, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's free to join. Uh, The payout will be established once we get uh, amount of entries in, but that should be fun. Put everybody's poker skills to the the challenge, to the test. And, um, you know, I don't have very much more else to, to add in to 
to the podcast. So we'll just wrap it right there. And to the next episode, um, you know, we will see. Oh, I do want to uh, mention one final thing. Uh, Dirt and I will be dropping a podcast uh, mock draft for everyone here in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. So just be on the lookout for that. Uh, the draft guru himself will be dropping insights and uh, and giving his his knowledge to help everyone uh, navigate the the brand new rookies coming into this draft. So uh, if you have a top pick or if you're just interested in seeing Dirt's mind and software at work, uh, I would tune into that. So everyone have a good one and to the next episode. Night, everyone. I'm rich, bitch. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.